Welcome back to Incremental Podrick the Podcast, the show that brings you insightful conversation with thought leaders and experts from the marketing technology world. This episode is part of our Orchestrating Measurement series, an audio continuation of the white paper we've recently published. Our guest today is Aran Friedman, CTO and one of the founders of Singular, one of the leading mobile measurement companies. Aran and Singular play a very important role in the measurement space, educating companies on the changes in measurement and sharing a realistic and honest view of the paradigm changes. But before we dive into the exciting discussion, make sure you're subscribed to our podcast so you never miss an episode. We have a wealth of knowledge, insights and inspiration lined up for you. So without further ado, let's start the interview about Measurement Orchestra with Aran. Hello and welcome, Iran. Thank you, Mar. Great to be here. Uh, yeah, it's really nice to be here. Uh, yeah, we're, we are uh, really happy. It's, by the way, it's the first time we're doing a trio podcast. Mm, okay, nice. So I uh, yes, feel so humble uh, to be the, the first trio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm the uh, female voice here trying to fit in. <laughs> I'm happy to be joining your podcast also, um, Maor. Thanks for inviting me. Um, and nice to have you, Iran. It's so nice to kind of meet you now on this side of uh, the table, basically. Yeah, awesome. Great to uh, see you here again, Adar, uh, too. Uh, Adar and I know also from your time in huge games and all, so uh, definitely great to reconnect. Yeah, I've, I've heard many, many good things, and it's crazy that, Iran, you and I have never actually met face-to-face, right? We, we've been in the space for some time. Uh, yeah, definitely. You know, I know that, uh, you know, if we can go back to history, then uh, I think uh, AppLift was one of our, you know, first integrations in singular like way way back so uh you know we have that uh, connection and i'm also surprised that it's kind of the first time that we get to actually kind of meet but definitely have been in the space uh, for a while together so Iran, for the sake of the listeners who don't actually know who we're talking with right now would you mind giving an introduction uh, yeah sure happy to so um everyone i'm iran i'm the co-founder uh, and cto at singular um, just on my personal background, I've been in the mobile industry for a long, long while now. Um, I basically joined uh, in 2009 uh, a small mobile app startup uh, named Onavo back then. I was one of the first employees. Uh, it was basically you know, a lot of ancient history, but it was focused on providing VPN services for mobile consumers, um, kind of encrypting their data, speeding up their data, and so forth. And Basically, you're the first company who built like a statistical panel from it to provide insights on what's happening in the mobile industry, kind of like a, an app, any data AI, sensor tower, and all of these, but from way, way, way back. And uh, it was a crazy ride. It was an amazing experience uh, for me. I came from kind of the engineering side, of course. And uh, then in 2013, the company was acquired by Facebook, uh, kind of became a Facebook Israel. It was kind of a nice story from like the very kind of zero to kind of the, the growth and kind of the, the business solution and kind of the, basically the exit. And you know, at that point, I was so excited about mobile and the startup industry that I felt, okay, I got to like head out and start something of my own. Uh, luckily for me, I had also two partners, two co-founders who uh, also worked with me at Tonavo. 
was uh, Gadi, who's focused on the product side, Susan on the uh, marketing and sales side, and we kind of joined forces again and started uh, Singular. Um, and uh, for people that are that's familiar with, uh, uh, with Singular, we basically see us as, ourselves as the next generation MMP, in a sense. So we're a measurement solution that essentially focuses on connecting all the marketing data from all your ad networks and media channels to a single place and specializes in all the next-gen measurement solutions out there like SKN Network, Privacy Sandbox, Media Mix Modeling, and all of that, all that jazz, basically, and uh, really trying to leverage all of the marketing data that you have for better insights. And we work with like the top brands in the industry from, I don't know, Rovio, Nike, uh, LinkedIn, Uber, EA, and many, many others. And we're just trying to build a, you know, the future measurement framework, basically. Well, and by the way, Iran, you know, now that you said Onavo, I actually visited the Onavo offices when it was in this like old building next to the police station in Herzliya. I was, yeah, I yeah. was back then. That was at, our first office. I think I was at Interactive and we ran a campaign for the Onavo app. Because yeah. we, yeah. yeah, you had like a B2C side uh, in the beginning, exactly. beginning, beginning. Yeah. So yeah. incredible history. Now I'm going to, I'm going to actually throw a question that wasn't listed just because mm -hmm. it hit me. 2019, <laughs> I actually met one of your neighbors, a competitor company, and uh -huh. I met their CEO. <laughs> I showed him an article from WebKit telling them, Hey dude, Apple is going to do this thing like soon. How <laughs> are you ready? And his reaction was, no, we have amazing relationship with Apple. They're never going to do this. Well, I'm referring to ATT, obviously. Now, let yeah. me ask you, 2019, did you see it coming? So it's funny that you're asking because uh, we've been following. The thing is that uh, that year, Apple also, besides like those kind of WebKit articles and all that, they also released, kind of hidden in the operating system of iOS, a new framework SK they call Network. SK One. Network, right? Yes. Version 1.0. And it was like, documentation but like not working was completely not functional but it kind of said like this is a privacy safe way to do like measurement without relying on device ID and we were like hey this thing looks interesting <laughs> and I remember like sorry to talk about this and like posting kind of uh, there was some rumors and you know some blog posts by some influencers saying maybe this would be the end of IDFA and all that and kind of I remember like other MMP saying, yeah, Apple is never going to do that. And uh, it's all kind of, you know, just uh, nonsense. And uh, we we felt that something might be coming basically. And we opened um, a community Slack group. Uh, we called it the Mobile Attribution Privacy. Um, I think it was in 2020. Again, just talking about what this SK network is, what is IDFA going away or not? And everything was like very rumor based. And it was a pretty nascent community, to be honest. Like in the beginning, there weren't like very, a lot of people were like interested in it. Until suddenly when kind of ATT was actually announced, it was like a huge like explosion of like interest about, oh my God, like the world is ending and all of that. And finally we saw this explosion of like interest of, okay, what do we do? Is this real? What's going to happen? And so forth. So, uh, uh, so yeah, it's been a crazy ride for sure. Yeah, I think that as kind of I was on the marketing analytics side at the time, and I think that uh, one of the things I like most about Singular is that you were really proactive. I think that you were kind of probably the first to respond and kind of first to offer any solution, even if like, you know, nobody knew a lot, no solution was perfect, but we didn't get anything that was close to even functional at first from Apple, but uh, it was it was really kind of I think that as a kind of leader of kind of analytics department at the time, 
finding solutions and places of information. Singular did a very good job. Also incremental, by the way, I was on the other side, so I was unbiased at the time. <laughs> but mm -hmm. it was really cool to see those kind of articles and basically some resolutions, some comfort to say like, okay, it's going to be all right. There are going to be solutions. We are going to support you. I think also on the other side, it was kind of very um, appreciated. Yeah, by the way, I remember Gadi sharing his tests I'm assuming more it's more like your tests, Iran, by the way. Uh, but, <laughs> well, like, we're both like very hands-on, so we're like yeah, I know, I know. I, I, that, but yeah. <laughs> so let's, ju let's jump to an actual question that I sent you. And again, what we're talking about, so to give some reference, we recently published a white paper, and it's basically um, talking about how a marketer should orchestrate measurement, okay? We're basically calling out there against this like uh, almost... Uh, politicizing uh, methodologies of measurements because we're we're not saying hey this method is the only thing you need or this method is the only thing we need you need we basically try to expose to the world that hey um, there are different methods of me measurement they're all valid for different use cases and, and you gave us a quote for that so we're kind of like doing almost an audio version asking you similar questions to what we asked you in the white paper so I'm going to start with the first one uh, which is how did the shift in user level tracking um, and the limitations basically imposed by this whole like privacy era impact marketing measurement and attribution? Right, that's a, it's a great uh, question. And uh, I think like generally speaking, you, you hit kind of the key point uh, right there. And also the reason of uh, why I love the, the white paper so much, and I was uh, happy to provide this quote is that that's essentially, you know, we see things like the, the same way. and. To be honest, it was it like an evolution of like an opinion uh, for us. Like in the beginning, like we we're the first one who were like saying, yeah, maybe like IDFA like is going away and all that, and maybe scan is gonna be like the whole truth. But we saw and things developed that it's not really, it's definitely not as simple as that, right? The truth is that uh, I think that's kind of the, the major impact of all those privacy changes is, like you said, there isn't any more like single silver bullet for for everything. Um, so just to provide kind of the context, like the, the industry was kind of used to relying on last click, device ID based attribution. It's kind of the standard, I guess, for like measuring everything kind of in the mobile industry. Uh, it had many disadvantages for sure. It was definitely not perfect from the already in the beginning, but kind of everyone was got, getting used to it. It was simple, intuitive, it worked pretty consistently across channels. Okay, well, it worked. And the truth is that with the privacy changes happening, had all kinds, like we keep talking about ATT and scan, but it's much more beyond that. Like we see different types of impact on different platforms, on different channels, on different types of media. And the media types are also becoming more and more complicated with like influencers and CTV and all that. So it's clear that like the, you know, the previous way doesn't, work anymore on its own but in some cases it can still be valuable in just a limited ratio and there are other so many types of measurement so maybe i'll take just an example to try to demonstrate right so if you take you know your ios app for example and just look at facebook and try to measure campaigns on facebook then you already see a mix of ways to measure campaigns um, you can start with the classic MMP API based on IDFAs, right? And calculate the user LTV for the one that kind of came from Facebook. And it all works well when you have 
users who are actually opt into ATT twice to get that information. But obviously, it's very, very limited in numbers. Um, you could use Scan, of course, if you like a Scan network that works on iOS for Facebook. Uh, but then, of course, there are the limitations of Scan. I mean, it can work consistently for Facebook and other channels too, but it has your know, privacy thresholds and anonymized conversion values. And you know, it has its disadvantages too. And now what we're saying is suddenly Facebook offers AEM, their aggregated event measurement, like the modeled results as well, which is like its own thing that you can potentially use. And that also has disadvantages. It's kind of like, you know, looking at Facebook's data, which might be measuring things differently from Google or Twitter or anyone else, but it can be much more granular. So in many cases, you can actually get more insights that you couldn't get from SCAD or even the user level details. So essentially what we see that already from just a single channel and a single platform, you have like three different ways to measure your performance. And then don't get me started. Like once you add Apple search ads to the mix or the networks to the mix and probabilistic matching and Android and web, and it just becomes crazy, right? So what's clear is like, if in the beginning, you know, I was one of the people who were like thinking, okay, where is everything headed? Who's gonna be the measurement method that's gonna rule everything? And the truth is, now, I think there's nobody who really thinks that just one method. It's really a mix, mix of methodologies and ways that you need to look at things. You can talk also about like the incrementality measurement and the medium mix modeling and geolift and all of these areas. And I think part of the, a lot of our thinking is, okay, how to organize it all and really use the you know, best tool to the right question, basically. So I'm going to try to throw in a pun there. So what you're saying is there is no single source of truth. <laughs> in a sense yeah maybe yeah maybe there's you're not exactly we had like this uh blog post i think um about a year ago if i'm not mistaken we called it like the hybrid measurements uh methodology that basically yeah, means exactly that yeah so there's no single source of truth anymore there's multiple views multiple sources multiple data sets and part of the you know the trick is or like the practice is to understand again what to use when you're trying to answer your question right that's kind of the key area yeah, I think okay. in marketing, like on a PPC, kind of like when you are a campaign manager, you always had to look at different sources of truth. And I think that the aim of a single source of truth is it's like a phrase I'm hearing since I'm in the industry, basically. But it was never kind of if you were managing a campaign, you know that you never had a single source of truth, even back at the time when we had last click attribution working kind of properly. Even now, like it just becomes more kind of friction and more complex on kind of a marketing analytics point of view. But as a campaign manager, their pain is a real deal. Like they have just more and more and more sources to look at and to make a decision. It's just becoming more and more difficult. I'm gonna jump sure. to the next question. So when we look at different methodologies, okay? And there's a lot of methodologies, okay? There's not only the three we listed in the white paper, there's MTA, you can use surveys to actually um, figure out where consumers came from. There are a lot of methods you could be measuring marketing performance. How do you integrate those? Yeah, uh, great question. I think um, there's like, a, as how we try to frame this, you know, in like simple terms, you know, there's, there's like, three steps, I would say, like again, trying to simplify. The first thing is you need to make sure you gather all the inputs and data sets that you need to really use all these tool sets, right? So, you know, like whether you talk about like uh, 
MTA, you need to get collect as many touch points as you can, right? Like if you want to do like media mix modeling, you may want to make sure you collect all the spend or the inputs or the impressions essentially kind of the upper funnel that you're kind of playing around with. Um, if you're again using kind of the scan or private sandbox area, you need to make sure you have all the conversion values of post So it starts by organizing like the you know the basic infrastructure, you know, having all the data in single place to make sure you can really operate it all. Then the second step is you want to uh, make sure you really support all the different tools or the different methodologies for the question that you want to answer, right? So again, we're gonna talk about kind of the different uh, use cases, but again, you you want to make sure that we actually support MTA or we actually support MMM or we actually support kind of scan performance measurement and so forth. So then when you're kind of answering, okay, I want to look at my campaign performance, you might want to look at a specific kind of viewer, use a specific tool. Or if you're thinking about your budget allocation, for example, you'll want to kind of look more strategically or kind of a top-down measurement. And then let's say, okay, you've built that entire infrastructure of data, you've implemented all these different tools and trying to kind of use it for the for each use case. Then the big challenge, or like I think the maybe the holy grail is how you combine them all for like a realistic, very kind of, you know, we call it like hybrid as, a, as in that blog post, right? It might be like, just like this holistic combined platform that maybe can actually make use of all of these together by right? thinking about how you can cross-reference, for example, different views to get better insights. Sometimes how close they are or far away they are can actually provide you more insights, right? So trying to use them together to try to assess, okay, the bottom line. All of this is like nice in theory and all of that. It's also somewhat very complicated, right? So part of the challenge is also to make it very actionable and trying to understand again, tying from the starting from the use case and then using the right tool to answer your question. Anything to add? Um, no, maybe back to kind of our, like if we are facing all of these sources, and we know it's like getting harder and kind of more difficult to use them. And you're kind of building great solutions to support that. Um, but when it comes from kind of an organization perspective, there are kind of multiple data sources um, to look at and to make decisions that are kind of company level based. Um, so if you have several solu solutions or kind of sources, then you also get kind of discrepancies or like things that you're unsure of how to look at. So basically, um, if you're kind of a company that needs to kind of make a decision on a yearly budget and they have several tools, um, what data companies should actually be using in order to kind of do that? Should they also, also incorporate different data sets into their media mix modeling or how do you take a look on this perspective of kind of company level perspective and decision making and media mix modeling in general. Sure, and uh, yeah, I have uh, a lot to say about that for sure. Now, data discrepancy is like always like a key uh, question for <laughs> the type of customers that we have, and uh, and kind of mentioned like uh, you know, I, I think a lot of it ties to like aligning between different departments. Like finance and marketing is like the key uh, area, and uh, uh, I think there are a few parts here, but even before talking about like different measurement methodologies, there's even aligning on what data we want to rely on. Uh, if I just give an example, we have like this uh, interesting trend kind of lately of 
the same one channel, one network, have like a couple of these already, might report two different types of spend, actually. There is like the, something that's referred to as like the billable spend that the finance team basically gets at the invoice at the end of the month. And then there's the performance-based spend, right? That's kind of used for like calculating CPIs and conversion rates and so forth. Uh, so literally like the total might be different between the different departments. So that can, you can already realize it can cause all kinds of like confusion and misalignment. And what's the, again, the source of truth here. Um, and, uh, you know, I think it's actually a good example for like this orchestration, right? Because then you can imagine that, okay, if you look at the very granular level, you're trying to, I don't know, optimize your sub-publishers, yes, for that matter, right, for that network. It might make sense to look at the CPI rate and like trying to understand, compare each one which is out between each other and get the most granular metric or performance that you can get, right, when you're optimizing these. But if you're trying to build an MMM model, basically look at the, the total investment that you had in this network for the past, whatever, like on a daily basis, on a weekly, on a monthly, on a quarterly basis, and then the total outcome, basically the total spend across all channels, the total outcome that you got at the end of the day, then you probably want to rely on the actual investment that you've paid. Might actually have, again, a discrepancy from the, from the performance metrics. So part of the, you know, the, I guess the mindset change that might happen is that, again, for MMM, the best source of truth might be the actual investment, the billable spend for that matter. But for the granular optimization of your sub-publishers, whatever that you optimize on a daily basis, it might actually be a different type of spend and that might be okay for that matter, right? So a lot of it is just aligning about between departments and getting to that uh, decision of what should you rely on for those decisions. Sometimes I would explain to people that like marketing data is like a 3000 piece puzzle, but the pieces are completely different sizes, shapes, colors. Good luck with that. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's a perfect analogy. It's uh, it's it's great. Uh, um, yeah, exactly. I feel it every day for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's also creating a lot of kind of misalignment within organizations if the sources of truth getting so far apart from each other. Like getting a budget decision on a company level, maybe one thing, but then kind of bringing it down to operation and to actually sources a true allocation and OS and countries becoming kind of more and more difficult as those kind of rarely align anymore. So it's it's a mess that we all live in and we all try to support and kind of provide the best solutions. Um, if we go on a specific question around Singular, um, how are you as a company helping companies make this shift in paradigm, like both from educational standpoint, as well as product point of view? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah, so um, yeah, so I think from an educational standpoint, you know, we try to talk a lot about those kind of paradigm shifts and like the, those different practices and needs. And I've mentioned in the beginning that we work with like pretty large scale editors who have like very, you know, sophisticated or experienced kind of data science and like marketing management departments who have like a lot of resources that they've been spending on this for years. And really, you know, part of their philosophy is trying to learn from the best and trying to build the tools to really surface uh, everything for kind of the rest of the, the industry. So, uh, so yes, part of it, we, we try to talk a lot about it in like, blog posts and webinars and host our customers and learn from them, honestly. Um, then on the product side, um, you know, it kind of it turns me back to kind of the, I guess, the steps that we talked about. If we understand that the 
the need is for multiple tools, multiple types of data sets and so forth, then we've really designed and kind of we've been building Singular to be that broad kind of platform set of tools and set of data sets to really centralize everything in the same place, right? So kind of we're we always say that we've been the only MMP who has like the commitment to collect 100% of your media budget and your data and constantly add more and more data points to the platform. Um, and uh, it can become really, really powerful when you're trying to assess different tools, right? And kind of provide different views and capabilities. Uh, just to give an example. So like uh, Airbnb is kind of like the classic brand was also a, a customer of ours. And they're interesting because they, they've been, you know, running attribution for years, of course, when the mobile app and the website, but they're also, uh, they've been kind of public about it. They also believe a lot in brand advertising, for example. They have like a lot of TV advertising, billboards and all of that. And they've been thinking about, okay, how can we kind of collect all this? And also, again, like, focus on the operational data. That's really, it's a must for them to see the granular conversion, like every, in every segment, every country, every campaign, like every type of uh, uh, basically channel but also understand the holistic kind of view, you know, from the top down to understand, to basically affect their decisions, like on a quarterly basis, how does the total contribution of marketing actually affect their their outcomes, whether there's some cannibalization between the channels, right? Where there's some organic uplift that they're actually not measuring on the tactical level. So we've been trying to kind of design the product to kind of start from bottoms up and kind of still support all the different kind of tactical operational measurements, but also collect all the data that you have internally through it's all normalized, you know, streamed into your database. And we also kind of build those strategic uh, highlights. Kind of, they have their MMM report that they can just uh, look at and see, okay, how am I doing overall? Um, so that's a lot of our thinking on the product development as well. By the way, I can reiterate. So, like when I was CEO for Uplift previously, I, I let's say I had my share of arguments with some of the MMPs. Never with Singular. And I think one of the things I like about the about you guys the most is that you never oversell, you never overpromise. Um, especially things that are plain wrong. And our industry is really, really good sometimes at uh, I don't know, taking certain like features and overinflating what they are capable in doing. And I think that just creates a um, misalignment, mis-expectations uh, with certain customers, with uh, a lot of customers, by the way. Yeah. A lot of frustration, I can say, as kind of trying, as a person who tried many different tools and tried solutions from MMPs and not from MMPs. And it's like, those overselling is, is sometimes very, very frustrated because you put a lot of resources and basically analytics and research into understanding the benefit of the tool and you convince people within the organization how to use them and then if they don't work it's really hard and it's like you go back to um, the start and you just lose faith so it's like mm -hmm. I really support what Mauro is saying and it's like really really helpful mm -hmm. that you do not promise and to yeah. to, uh, to add by the way so like obviously because of what we do we also need to see all aspects from customers so when we have a customer with like different measurement platforms and different um, spans offline and so on, uh, again, we had to basically build this like cost consolidation. While when we have a customer that comes and says, oh, we use Singular, we're like, okay, cool. Like one minute integration. Awesome. That's great to hear. And yeah, that's what we're trying to enable, right? So as, so they can use like any tool that they want with like that infrastructure and they can experiment and try new things. And that's really awesome to hear. Cool. So 
in your point of view, what is kind of the optimal use case for each of kind of measurement methods or the parts of the measurement orchestration? So if you have less touch attribution, where would you use it? Or incrementality measurement, where with which cases and media mix modeling, why, when? Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, even uh, when you say like last touch attribution, we can even like uh, dive in uh, even uh, deeper because there's different <laughs> types of like now last touch attribution. It's so complicated, right? But I try to give like the short answer, right? So typically where I see last touch based attribution work is on the operational level, right? Like you want to look at, and again, there's different titles. We want to look at the campaign level, the creative level, the keyword optimization, whatever. Usually you want to look at the number of conversions coming directly from that campaign and you want to dive deeper and deeper. And again, there might be even deeper use cases there. If you want to look at your creative performance for Facebook, for example, then scan might not be actually the best solution there because it's just not as granular. You might be able to rely on Facebook's last touch attribution plus their modeling just at a very granular level. And it might be okay because if you're comparing a Facebook creative to another Facebook creative, then it's still like Facebook kind of magic numbers in a sense, but at least hopefully they're consistent between those two creatives, right? So it makes a lot of sense. But if you're trying to assess kind of, I don't know, like one channel's campaign with another channel's campaign, a different channel, ideally you want to try to use a consistent, even if operational, elastic based, but something consistent to measure apples to apples. So scan might be one way to, to do it. There might be some other means to do it, but essentially the idea is, uh, use something that really measures them in the same way, uh, in a sense. So that's kind of use cases for last touch attribution. As you see, it's usually like tactical or granular and you know day-to-day -day or kind of deeper analysis and such. Then if you try to take it like a step further, you try to ask, okay, wait a minute. But now I'm looking at, if I try to zoom out a bit, what's the actual incremental value of these channels? If I look at the specific channel, how much incremental value does it bring me? Maybe some of the last hatch attributions actually, you know, hidden by or stolen by other kind of channels, right? Some of it is like on Some of it might actually be organic users that just couldn't be attributed by last click because of all kinds of limitations by other frameworks. In a lot of cases, this I see incrementality testing, incrementality measurement, really enabling that additional, you know, uh, uh, real <clears throat> contribution or kind of end result of that channel. Then if I try to compare it with MMM, kind of the media mix modeling, the marketing uh, mix modeling, a lot of it ties to kind of the combination of all of these channels together, right? And it's kind of the, the mix there. So when companies trying to understand, okay, what's the most optimal mix of channels, right? What's the total contribution of everything? How's the dynamics between them? Uh, what should be my optimal budget for kind of the next quarter? In many cases, like MMM really provides the types of tools and methodology to try to answer that question. Um, so, you know, kind of each one of these is kind of interesting for the different, uh, again, questions that you're trying to answer. Really appreciate the answer, by the way. I think it's literally exactly what we believe in as well. Um, and exactly what we wrote. And, you know, it's funny, like last year I was put as a moderator in a panel with five MEPs. And everybody thought, oh my God, this is gonna be like a, you know, cause people know that I, I have opinions, but again, I don't, yes, maybe I have opinions, but I'm not uh, like anti or whatever. And I remember actually mm -hmm. that uh, panel that um, like Singular's voice in the panel was again, 
it seems like it's in the culture very honest and not uh, mm -hmm. bs which is uh, which is a nice change in our industry <laughs> to be perfectly honest yeah mm -hmm. uh, you know I, I try to like you know gadi and i and susan first of all we came from like the mobile app consumer side so i, I was the vpr and data model so I was literally the one who was integrating all the ad network kind of SDKs and the attribution SDK. So I've experienced it, I think, first. Oh, that was, that must have been fun back then. Oh, yeah. One, one line of code. One line of code. Everyone has one line of code. And then there are 54 crashes. <laughs> exactly. Yes. And it takes like three seconds for the app to actually launch, right? So, yeah. Like, yeah. It's crazy days. But I think, like, you know, from kind of the type of experiences that we had and the fact that, like, God and me were like very technical. We love to be hands-on. We love to be like work and see it and like feel the, the data and kind of understand it. And maybe it kind of affected our thinking or like our approach for all this. Now, um, as you know, um, the whole like a uh, podcast series as well is called uh, measurement orchestration or marketing orchestration. So, if you would be a, a musician and orchestra, what what instrument would you be playing? Yeah, was well, so what uh, you know. I was thinking about this question uh, a lot. It's not like I'm, uh, you know, the the best kind of, uh, I guess, a musical uh, person. But uh, <laughs> you know, I was <laughs> trying to come up with like the simplest answer that uh, just came to top of mind. So uh, uh, you know, at least my uh, one of my fun facts about me was that uh, in my youth I was uh, playing the piano for quite some time. I even like uh, studied and uh, kind of had like a seminar in like uh, piano playing Very and all simple. that. So. Uh, <laughs> Shows yeah, with your so, uh, <laughs> yeah, so if I had to choose, I think probably piano would be the instrument where I won't be like the worst in, basically. Uh, so I would probably be really, really bad in anything else. So I think that would probably be my uh, first choice. <laughs> cool, very cool. And You're by the way, it's quite... to do it right now, you know, you have time to learn, you can <laughs> choose any tool you like. So. <laughs> Yes, no. Uh, By the way, it, let's yeah. see let's see what the other contributors uh, say. But I do know that Alex Bauer from Branch is also going to be on this uh, series. He's a classic pianist. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, now I'm <laughs> thinking maybe about the next panel competition or something. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. that'll be cool. You were also playing classic piano, I guess, right? I had uh, most of the time I was for uh, classic, but then I did a shift to jazz actually. So, uh, yeah. Oh, very um, cool. Very I'm jazz. Cool. Oh, yeah. Jazz is I, was, uh, <laughs> I was actually uh, singing, um, and I was, oh, wow. I was kind of in a, in a theater kind of class in high school, but I also joined a kind of a singing, like, opera classical music of uh, another high school because they needed a singer, <laughs> and uh, this is, was kind of my, <laughs> my part. Uh, so I know what I would do in an orchestration. <laughs> but uh, if I would uh, not know how to sing, I would probably learn how to play the flute because I think it's kind of a very cool to instrument. Yeah, that is that does sound pretty cool actually. The flute. It's also very convenient, you know. You can put it in your pocket and tell yeah. so that's, very that's nice. really and it's so yeah. pretty. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Iran, thank you so much for your time. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you and I hope we can also meet face to face soon. We'd love to actually like finally meet you face to face. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we really, really enjoyed the session. Thank you for hosting me again. Definitely. Just, uh, 
and uh, kind of meets uh, face to face for a coffee sometime, for sure. Thank you. Right. See ya. Thanks,